Hi friends and welcome to another episode where I will be sharing a writer, an author, a poet, a decadent human <laughs> that I've been inspired by throughout my life. The writer we're going to talk about today is no one else but the Charles Bukowski, the decadent drunk who just wrote like nobody else. What I love the most about Bukowski, I'm going to get into all the details, but he is not, a, he didn't write in a complicated way. He wrote like a normal person speaks. He didn't make it fancy and flowery and poetic and he didn't rhyme. He didn't use academic words. He just literally spoke his truth. There's nothing I love more than that. We don't have to make things fancy and special and flowery and glittery. Just like tell me what you're thinking. You know, just be honest. Tell me what you're thinking and feeling and going through. Charles Pikowski did just that. And yeah, I would love to believe that I have taken after that a little bit from Mr. B. Before I get into the things I want to sort of introduce you to with Bukowski, I want to say that the, the previous two episodes, first we talked about the book, The Unbearable Lightness of Being, and then we talked about Jack Kerouac. And they have both inspired me in, in different areas, right? The Unbearable Lightness of Being definitely started some sort of conversation inside of me regarding being light versus heavy, being soft versus powerful, being committed versus free. Then we come to Jack Kerouac, who inspired me when it comes to how I want to live my life. Uh, I want to live free, a global citizen. I want to roam the world. I want to explore new cities and cultures and smells and views every single day. And I, I do want to live on as little as possible in order to have as many experiences as possible. And then we get to Charles Bukowski, who definitely didn't inspire me when it comes to how he lived. He wasn't a very, very deep spiritual thinker, but he was dedicated to his craft. He has published some books of poetry and then some I wouldn't call them novels, even though I guess that that's what they are. They are semi-autobiographical stories of how he struggled in order to become a writer. He was struggling to pay his rent and deal with the system and the people and his uh, boss and the landlords. And he just wanted to believe that he could become a writer and he could write. And he, he was just so dedicated to not giving up on that. When I first moved to London and later on roamed around in England, that's when I discovered Bukowski and really started taking his poems to heart because I was in a state where every day I was doubting if this was what I was supposed to be doing. I wanted to do something with my life that 99% of the people around me said, that's never going to work. That's a bad idea. You're being naive. You are just a dreamer. Why do you have to be so special? Why cannot just be like everybody else and get a normal job and be happy with that? I wanted to build a life 
that made me excited and that made me want to wake up every day. I wanted to create things and believe that my creations could make an impact in the world, believe that I could reach people, just like the writers and poets and authors and um, songwriters and singers had reached me and made an impact in my life. So finding certain poems and quotes from Bukowski that I'm going to share with you today, they truly, they were like a, you know, uh, I usually see these authors as like grandfathers or grandmothers who are looking down on me and give me special advice. And, and they say like, just keep going, little girl. You're going to be fine, but don't give up. <laughs> that's that's what I felt Bukowski did. So he has a very special place in my career and in my heart. The one thing I find very interesting as well is that I am very inspired, definitely more today than ever, by athletes and athletic coaches for their dedication to their careers. You know, athletes, they need to dedicate every second of every day to optimize their performance and their recovery and their nutrition and all of the things. I don't think there is any profession in the world that demands that kind of dedication you know most professions like let's say I've been a touring artist yeah you spend most of your life trying to get your music out playing your music getting to the shows there is a lot of nonsense happening you wait for an hour before sound check you wait for two hours after sound check before you go on stage and you sit backstage and drink a beer an athlete wouldn't do that. I mean, I guess that they have their equivalence to it, but the, the level of excellence that athletes need to live up to, I just don't know any other profession that, that has that. I'm so intrigued and, and uh, just in awe of people who, who thrive for excellence. I want to be one of these people in all areas of life. So what I wanted to get to was Charles Bukowski was not going for excellence in his life. He was a drunk. He was an addict. He was decadent. He was using very unacceptable language when it comes to women. Like his books would probably not be uh, loved and cherished if they were published today, just for the sake of his language regarding women. But again, I am intrigued and in awe of his dedication to his craft. He was broke, the world was against him, and still he sat up and he said, I'm going to keep writing. And that to me is noble, no matter what. So that's my background with Mr. B, as I call him. Okay, so let me give you a little background to this guy. And then I want to share with you some of my favorite quotes, just a few of them. He has written so much, you guys. You literally just Google him, uh, go to Amazon, pick up any of his books. I truly recommend uh, a very thick poetry collection called The Pleasures of the Damned. That was the first collection that I picked up when I, I think I picked it up from a library somewhere and just loved it so much that I ended up buying the book as well and I traveled around with it for years it's super heavy and so for me to bring a bigger book like that with me like it needs to really give me something so 
that's a good testimonial. Okay. Charles Bukowski was born in 1920 in Germany and later moved to the United States with his family. Bukowski's life was marked by struggles, hardships, and a relentless battle against poverty and addiction. These experiences became the fuel for his writing, which often dealt into the dark underbelly of society, exploring themes of isolation, disillusionment, and the inherent struggles of the human existence. I want to right away share one quote that I had, that I printed out and had on my wall in my very first little bed sit that I was renting in London when I first got there. It goes like this. Great writers are indecent people. They live unfairly, saving the best part for paper. Good human beings save the world so that bastards like me can keep creating art, become immortal. If you read this after I am dead, it means I made it. I think this just captures why I love him so much. He believed that words and art can make proper impact. They can leave a legacy way more than riches and fame and today followers can. And, you know, I I, I love that he stands for this artist that is not a rock star. He doesn't live in fancy hotels with luxury and earns tons of money. No, he is suffering and he is crawling on the ground in order to create his art. Well, not in order, but he's sacrificing a comfortable, safe, stable, maybe boring life so that he can actually keep fighting for his art, for what he believes in. He believed that great writers, including himself, were often perceived as indecent individuals because they dared to explore the depths of human experiences, including the darker and less socially acceptable acts aspects. So the way that I read this quote above is that while good human beings contribute positively to the world, you know, uh, we all need a nice smiling little flower in our lives. But it is the bastards like him, the great writers who have the ability to create art and achieve immortality through their work. Maybe because these are the people who dare to say, you want me to sleep on the ground? I'll sleep on the ground as long as I can write and finish my book. Or you want me to um, sleep in a van when I'm touring the coast of America and not sleep anything? Sure, I'll do it as long as I can fight for my art and spread it to people who want to hear it. These are the people that I know from experience. A big chunk of society are laughing at these people, saying, ah, oh, childish, why can't they not just grow up, get a decent job? Why do they keep asking people to please buy a ticket? I consider myself one of the bastards who dare to live a little bit differently because we truly believe in what we do and that it's important that we keep doing it. Okay, Bukowski saw himself as an outsider, someone who didn't conform to societal norms and expectations. He believed that his role as a writer was to capture the rawness of life and present it honestly on paper, saving the best part for his writing. 
By doing so, he believed he could create something enduring that would outlive him. Art truly has the power to transcend time and leave a lasting impact on future generations. I was literally just listening to a, a really nice podcast in Swedish, so sadly I can't recommend you listen to it, um, with, with the artist Lale. I, I'm not sure if she's huge internationally. She's a Swedish incredible songwriter and artist. She has written songs for Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez, and a bunch of other sort of commercial artists. But she's also had like one of the longest careers as an artist in Sweden. Like she's making music in Swedish in Sweden. And she said in this interview that um, she, when she started writing for these major stars in America, they, these stars were very often used to working with men, male producers and songwriters. And so Lale, she said that she went into these sessions and she asked them, I am not going to be able to write you that one hit song that your label wants, but what song is it that you want to write that nobody wants to write with you? So, for example, let's say that she went in with a male hit producer and he's like, I need you to make a hit. That's all I'm here for. This girl would then be like, okay, well, actually, what I really want to write about is like my heartbreak or existential struggle or fight with my mom. But like that it might not be the hit material that this top producer is going to agree on. So Lale always said, I will write the song with you that nobody else wants to write with you. That way, you and I together can create a legacy for you. This is the song that you can remember and be known for. Because the, the hit songs, the trendy stuff, they're going to go out of trend, you guys. While we can focus on building a legacy. They're not going to hit the top 10 charts in 15 minutes, but they're going to outlive these songs slowly, slowly, because they are timeless and immortal and what is the word that ryan holiday is using uh a perennial perennial song i don't know i see the the same kind of message with what lale said and what bukowski said you know you can take two different approaches to art right or anything in life i guess you can try to create the trendy 15-second TikTok video that's going to live there for three days until it's out of trend. Or you can really try to build a legacy that takes years, decades. You, you lay brick by brick. You, you publish song by song, great song after great song after great song. And slowly, slowly you build this beautiful legacy right? And the goal for, there are two different goals. So we'll get into that a little bit more later on. But Bukowski was definitely a, a symbol for, if you are true to your art, you prioritize your legacy as a writer, writing something real and true over money, fame, recognition, acknowledgement. Now, obviously, Everybody wants to be acknowledged and recognized for their work. But Bukowski meant it needs to start with you being true in what you're saying. You need to write what, what can outlive you. And if that makes you some money, great. 
But more than that, he said, if you read this after I'm dead, then I made it. That's a legacy. Another uh, excerpt from one of Bukowski's novel called Factotum. Factotum? <laughs> That's totally not how you say it. Wait. Factotum. I googled it. That's how you say it. Factotum. <laughs> anyway, this novel was published in 1975. And the, the excerpt that I, again, um, captured and, and put on my wall when I first moved to London is... I was lying in bed one night and I thought, I'll just quit. To hell with it. And another little voice inside me said, don't quit. Save that tiny little ember of spark and never give them that spark because as long as you have that spark, you can start the greatest fire again. Again, he just had this incredible way of capturing a young artist's struggle with not giving up, with, you know, keep keep going, keep going, keep going. I, I have a, an early song of mine called Who Am I, which is also a little bit about the same feeling that I wrote that when I was um, walking by the river in London one night and everything told me to just stop this stupid idea, give up, you know, admit your failure, you didn't make it, this wasn't for you, go back home to Sweden, be normal, get a job, be quiet, you know. But then there was this, I've always had this goddamn voice inside me that always told me, no, this is what you're supposed to be, this is your place in the universe. If you don't take this place, nobody else will. You're the only one who can take this place. You have to keep going. You're on the right path. Just keep going. And, you know, I think that that is the, the blessing and the curse of truly finding what some people might call your calling. You're destined to go after it. Even when you just want to give up and be in a nice bed, you are destined to go after it. But... It's the noblest thing you can do. Charles Bukowski writes about it. I believe it's what Joseph Campbell calls following your bliss. You have to follow your bliss no matter what. And, you know, eventually you will find your way. The universe will help you on your way if you truly believe it. If you make it so clear to yourself, to the world, to the gods, to the people around you that this is what I'm going to do, nobody's going to doubt you. People doubt you when you doubt yourself. That's what I think. Let's talk about Bukowski's writing style quickly. The genre that Bukowski wrote in can be described as gritty realism. He was unafraid to confront the harsh realities of life head-on, exposing the often uncomfortable truths that society prefers to keep hidden. In doing so, Bukowski stripped away the pretense and provided a voice for the marginalized, the downtrodden, and the outsiders. His poetry and prose were characterized by their simplicity, yet they possessed a profound impact that resonated with readers around the world. You know, the simplicity that he wrote with, there is something to be said about that. You know, I think... I am a huge fan of deep, deep 
writings and poetry that like philosophical stuff that you have to like stop and really think about every second word like what did they actually mean here and there are like 10 different meanings to every word and it is just so complex i i am a fan of it but there is also something so incredibly raw and bold and and even more deep with someone like bukowski who literally he's not going to try to hide hidden meanings in his words he's gonna say it as it is and you're gonna get it right away and for example i love the poetry of mary oliver her poems are also very easy to read you know you you read a poem and you immediately just soak it up like it's not complicated it's not super complex she's stating something very beautiful and you immediately get it i think that that can even mean that your poems and writings and music will reach more people because more people will be able to fully take it in and i think that that was the the magic of bukowski's writings i mean he's he's still impacting people and writers and and young artists around the world and i think it is because it's so easy to understand what he's writing okay i want to share a couple of more sayings, quotes, excerpts with you. There's one very short line. Um, I haven't been able to find a source for this line, like where, like what book it, it comes from. But the line goes, find what you love and let it kill you. It, I, it could be that he said it in some sort of interview. But again, this sums up the belief that and, and the philosophy that I want to live by. Go for what you believe in, even if it tears you apart. Like, don't play it safe. Give it all you've got. Do not have a plan B. Dedicate yourself fully to your passion. That's how I want to live my life and what I always, always will strive to do. Then another line that I had um, written in my notebook. Every time I bought a new notebook, I wrote this on the first page to remind myself. It goes, we are here to laugh at the odds and live our lives so well that death will tremble to take us. To me, it reminds me that, go wild, man. Like, this is your shot. This is your one shot. You just have a couple of years, and there is no right or wrong way to live. Just go out there and go wild. <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> don't, don't go wild in a negative way. Go, just experience stuff, like... Climb the mountain, travel, do the thing, take the job, explore the new thoughts and passions and pivots. Do, do whatever life throws at you because that's all we're here to do. And the first part, we are here to laugh at the odds. That part, oh man, it makes me all excited to go out there <laughs> and build my life. We are here to laugh at the odds. Like, you have no idea how many times I've had people telling me, the odds are that you're not going to make it. The odds are that this song is not going to make any charts. The odds are that this book is going to sell one copy and that's your mom. And like, learn to laugh at the odds. Beat the odds. Prove people wrong. I, I wrote extensively in my first book about having quite a few people back home, including my closest family, not at all understanding what I was trying to do and not at all being super supportive. 
And I learned to use that as fuel, to see that as I'm going to prove them wrong. And I cannot wait for the day that I say, I proved you wrong, you guys. Look what I did. I don't know. I just get so fired up by proving myself wrong and proving other people, like showing to, even if it's just myself, I want to prove to myself that I can do it. Laugh at the odds. Okay, another quote that I love is, some people never go crazy, but truly horrible lives they must lead. I'm a person who tend to fall into structures very easily, especially when I stay in one place for too long. I build my routines, I go through the day trying to be more and more productive and efficient and do things clean and good and get my eight hours of sleep and eat my vitamins, you know. But I know that when I'm at my happiest, it's when I go a little bit crazy. When I do something naive and spontaneous that brings me on a completely new course in life, that's when I feel the most alive. So, you know, I'm not saying that we should always live like that, but I like... I'm a big fan of now and then, go be crazy. Okay, the last one, the last short one. I want to, maybe I'll cover a couple of longer poems as well. From, I believe, a poem. He's saying, the problem with the world is that the intelligent people are full of doubts, while the stupid ones are full of confidence. Ain't that the truth today, you guys? I don't know. I don't need to explain it. I just think it's the truth. It's the truth. Let me talk about two longer poems. Okay. The first one is called Roll the Dice. Uh, I'll read the full poem later, but the most impactful part for me is if you're going to try, go all the way. Otherwise, don't even start. This could mean losing girlfriends, wives, relatives, jobs, and maybe your mind. This still makes me so motivated. I just want to go all in for something and just become the best I could possibly be at something. Commit to what you pursue. Go for it, like with wholehearted dedication. And, and, and I love his message of you must be willing to risk everything otherwise you don't want it bad enough if you want something bad enough you can always get it but you must be willing to risk what you have now including relationships and stability you have to want it so much and and it's not for everybody i'm not saying that everybody needs to live like this but this philosophy for me that's an athlete that's a fighter that's somebody who is burning for something and they're gonna go after it you know and become excellent at it should i read the full i'll read the full poem i hope i won't get copyrighted for this it's it's just a small little part from a bigger book okay it goes like this if you're going to try go all the way otherwise don't even start if you're going to try, go all the way. This could mean losing girlfriends, wives, relatives, jobs, and maybe your mind. Go all the way. It could mean not eating for three or four days. It could mean freezing on a park bench. It could mean jail. It could mean derision, mockery, isolation. Isolation is the gift. All the others are a test of your endurance, of how much you really want to do it. And you'll do it. 
despite rejection and the worst odds. And it will be better than anything you can imagine. If you're going to try, go all the way. There is no other feeling like that. You will be alone with the gods and the nights will flame with fire. You will ride life straight to perfect laughter. It's the only good fight there is. Oh my god, I love this so much. I love this so much. This is perfection to me. Oh my god. I want to write like this. This is just so good. Ah, <laughs> oh, wow. I forgot how much I love that one. Okay. The second one um, that I also love, of course, is called So You Want to Be a Writer. If it doesn't come bursting out of you in spite of everything, don't do it. Unless it comes unasked out of your heart and your mind and your mouth and your gut, don't do it. If you have to sit for hours staring at your computer screen or hunched over your typewriter searching for words, don't do it. If you're doing it for money or fame, don't do it. If you're doing it because you want a woman in your bed, don't do it. If you have to sit there and rewrite it again and again, don't do it. If it's hard work just thinking about doing it, don't do it. If you're trying to write like somebody else, forget about it. If you have to wait for it to roar out of you, then wait patiently. If it never does roar out of you, do something else. Bukowski always discouraged writing for superficial reasons like fame or money or personal gain. And he always emphasized the importance of writing as a genuine expression of your innermost thoughts and emotions. He also has a couple of interviews and essays where he's almost like a warning against imitating others and he's urging aspiring writers to be patient, waiting for their true voice to emerge. But why I love this piece of writing is that, you know, he is this fighter for going all in, do it fully or not at all. But he was also very open with saying that writing may not be for everyone. And I mean, I, I guess when he was, this is just me now, this could be totally wrong, but he did write in the beat era when writers started to become kind of underground famous, I guess, and they started to get bigger book deals and maybe a little bit of recognition and, and fame. And I can imagine that there were a lot of people then who were like, I'm going to write a book just to get famous, just to write on that wave. And Bukowski was so against that. He was very much somebody who said, if you are not a true author and writer, you don't belong in my gang. I think if Bukowski was alive today, I don't think he would like me very much. I think he would find me a bit boring and probably too normal. But I think he would quietly, secretly smile at me and be like, you're kind of cool. You know, I see what you're doing. You're trying. It's all good. And maybe I could invite him for whiskey and we could talk about uh, Portugal. I think he would like Portugal. 
I think Bukowska would love Porto, Lisbon, maybe. Anyway, that's it. That's all I wanted to share with you for Bukowski. Pick up his books. Um, just start anywhere, honestly. Google him, go on Tumblr, that's usually what I do. Go on Goodreads, find some quotes, fall in love and buy the book that just falls into your lap. I hope you have enjoyed this. Uh, I'm not really sure who I'm going to cover in the next episode. I'm going to Amsterdam tomorrow and I'm really excited. So, well, when you're listening to this, I am a couple of days into my Amsterdam trip. I'm going to be there and see if I can imagine actually part-time living there. Um, I've had, I've been there before, but not for like a longer time and not during spring, summer. So I'm going to just wander around, have some nice coffee and see how the vibe is. Can I imagine being there? I'm going to write a bunch. I'm going to keep working on this goddamn new book. Uh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um... So yeah, I guess maybe I'll, maybe it will be like a travel episode next time talking about my trip to Amsterdam, but we'll see. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you pick up any of the writers I've talked about, please let me know and uh, I'll see you soon. <laughs> thank you for listening. Bye.